Are we doing this again? Are we going to try this one more time? Absolutely. We're here, Brad. <laughs> it's Brad and John. He's John. I'm Brad. And together, what do we do? What do we, what do we accomplish? Do we do anything positive with our talking so far? This is, what, our fifth show? We did three episode last week. Episode number five. Episode, episode number, number five. five. And for folks who have missed previous episodes, if you go to Instagram and you look up our show on Instagram, you can see the agenda for each of the previous four shows that we've had. You can see the recap listed. Right. And coming soon... We will have, I, I'm still not sure, uh, matter of fact, by the way, you're listening to Egbert. This is not uh, a normal radio station. You can check out what we're about by Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T uh, dot com, or you can actually go to the radio page of Egbert, uh, Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T on air dot com, Egbert on air dot com. And that'll tell you a little bit about our benefactor, Mr. Egbert himself, who is the guy who uh, bought the radio station and is funding us. And we've changed it around a little bit. Uh, John and I are on between 7 and 8. Between 8 and noon, we have Armstrong and Getty. If you've never heard them before, two really entertaining and very informative guys. Sometimes entertaining and informative is not necessarily in the same breath, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, from noon to 3, we have uh, Mr. Red State himself, Eric Erickson. And then from 3 to 6, we have Mark Lee Van Camp and Robinson. Excuse me, uh, just Robbins. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robinson. Three guys sitting around talking a little bit of this, talking a little bit of that, having a good time, and you're part of the conversation, and it's a lot of fun. John... You do the johncombest.com website. Every day you are at it since 2001. Uh, and this is our morning check where we're going to say, according to John Combest, what are, yes. the, three, what are the three big stories uh, this morning on johncombest.com, the top three? I'll hit the top three, and if there's any we want to discuss, we'll get right into them. Number one, Senator Eric Schmidt was on CNN and he's discussing his bipartisan legislation to uh, encourage the FAA uh, – shout out to Shelly Barr – encouraging the FAA to speed up commercial space flight permits. He notes that we are in a race with China on commercial space flight, and he wants the FAA to get moving on these permits. That's story number one. Uh, story number two is a state representative from southern Missouri named Chris Dinkins. Not to be confused with pro wrestling manager Big Daddy Dink, <laughs> wants to protect Missouri from Gaza refugees. Uh, Representative Dinkins is calling on Governor Parson to uh, use whatever he can do in the executive realm to protect Missourians from Gaza refugees. And third, uh, we have a, a unique instance in St. Charles County. Uh, the St. Charles County Council has been discussing a resolution. Uh, suggesting that the county should not openly accept certain Latino refugees until the Biden administration cleans up its Immigration Act. Last night, a number of urban activists uh, somehow found their way to the St. Charles County Executive Building, which is a feat in itself, and uh, staged a mass protest and uh, a lot of creative stunts uh, to to oppose the St. Charles County Council's resolution about Latino immigrants. The highlight that, leader, that listeners will be interested in is that St. Louis Public Radio has a fantastic shot of an urban activist literally gasping at a comment made by Bill Eigel, and I, which I think is beautiful because for years people in St. Charles County 
have been gasping at Bill Igel. Well, and now well, urban activists get to come to St. Charles County and gasp at Bill well, Igel. Well, so was, those are our top three stories. Was Bill Igel there last night? He was, yeah. He was in attendance. And according to St. Louis Public Radio, who has a brand new diversity hire uh, to cover you know, urban and cultural and race issues, uh, Bill Igel made a, quote, anti-immigrant, unquote, quote. <sighs> Um, so, of course, it's probably something about, you know, America's sovereignty or, or protecting well, Missourians against crime. But it was deemed, of course, as anti-immigrant by St. Louis Public Radio. Did you hear the, the chant last night? I did not hear the chant. What was the chant? Oh, the chant that was going on last night in St. Charles County Council meeting was from the – let me see if I get it right. From, from Palestine to Mexico. Right. Yes. Borders, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Borders have got to go. Yep. So they're saying from Palestine to Mexico, borders have got to go. Now, you know, what's crazy about this is I don't quite understand this open borders thing because of the fact that we are like one of the few countries in the world that has this, even though, what's the guy's, Mayorkas? He goes up in con- Congress and they say, Mr. Mayorkas, is the border secure? Yes, the border is secure. Would you like to have that guy... As the police chief in your local community, unbelievable. <laughs> you know, yeah, I of mean, course not. When, when it, after after like we had what was it last night or the night before? There were like nine armed robberies in the Central West End, and you get yeah. Mayorkas, the chief of police, for like so let's say just we're just kind of make up the Central West End's his own little city, and you get him on an interview, and you say, uh, Chief Mayorkas, there were nine armed robberies last night in the Central West End. Is it safe in the Central? Well, yes, we have a safety issue. There's no problem in the Central West End. What planet does the guy live on? I, you know. Well, here's the thing, because you must always, when you're on the political left, you must always devolve to the lowest common denominator. And everyone is okay. And, you know, as the signs at the St. Charles County Council meeting read last night, um, there are, there are, there's no such thing as illegal immigrants when you're on stolen land, Brad. And once again, we must check our white privilege and uh, accept the fact that we should accept anyone in any territory because we're on uh, Native American land. You know, what was the – who was the guy – remember there was a story of some hikers who were hiking – and you know what? I'm going to show my 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 lack of geography. I can't remember the story exactly, but they were hiking in the country that borders China. Remember this story? Okay. And some, I don't know the story now. And somehow or another, they crossed the border, and they were apprehended by the Chinese army and like thrown in the gulag for a while. I'm going like, okay, yeah. <laughs> here, well, why not? Well, but here, I mean, you know, what's interesting about this is. Let's say Joe Biden is not against border walls, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take down the fence around the White House, okay? You know, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if we, you know, and 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 if you know what's going on with his with his vacation homes up in up in uh, what is it, uh, uh, Delaware? Yeah, he, they've been putting all these security measures and fences and stuff like that. It's like, okay, it's sort of like it's sort of like the guys and gals who are the the anti anti-gun crowd they're they, you know they're 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 i mean like like for, sort of like the cory bush thing okay exactly i was She's, just gonna say that brad it's, it's someone who's for defunding the police spending her money to hire private well, security not her money our money because our she's, money yeah, she's sorry, spending, yeah she's, that's a silly statement it's, not not our money taxpayer money right yeah as i understand money, it yeah and it is our money correct me if i'm wrong but she has like a a a fund to run her office a, a stipend or something yep. like that a per mm-hmm. diem and she's used a lot of that money for her own 
Security Force. And guess what? I bet you any money, those dudes and dudettes got guns, don't you think? I mean, yeah, <laughs> and you know, I mean, she did marry her her lead security man, which was so weird. I mean, so that was. And by the way, uh, you know, one of the things that didn't quite make the top three cut, Brad, but we should mention because it's a follow up to yesterday's show, St. Louis Public Radio has two captivating stories today, uh, thanks to our taxpayer dollars. <laughs> uh, the first one is that. Um, they're promoting a book launch about a cartoon book that talks a little bit about um, native cultures, indigenous people. But most importantly, Brad, they're revealing George Washington Carver's secret peanut sausage recipe, never before revealed. So this, this is the kind of information that you can learn by reading St. Louis Public Radio. And also the second piece from St. Louis Public Radio is uh, there's a story about a fluorescent young man who is fighting uh, cartoon racism by showing black superheroes. And the highlight, the climax of the story, fittingly at the end of the story, is where the young man says, here's his direct quote, I'm kind of, in sort of a way, kind of being a superhero, I guess. So not only does St. Louis Public Radio fight institutional cartoon racism, they encourage young men to be that humble and call themselves superheroes. So you'll find each of these stories today at johncombest.com. I, I, I have to tell you, I, I, I listen to, and I know you do not, but I listen to NPR quite a bit and St. Louis yeah. Public Radio. And what there's a couple things that drive me crazy about it. First off, they have this huge news department, and they have a bunch of news people, but yet they do hardly any local news on the station anymore. I mean, they've, they've got there's it down. Only one sh- there's what, one or two shows. You have St. Louis on the air, and you have the great Jason Rosenbaum, and that's all. Well, you have St. Louis on the air, which runs from noon to one, and then they repeat it from seven to eight. So there's one hour of local programming. All the rest of the and, – and correct me if I'm wrong on this. You know, if somebody's out there who is an NPR person, you can call me up right now, 314-280-8880. The first time I've done that, I'm, I'm the guy who, who gives out his cell phone number on the air. People, I'll have people say to me, that's not your cell phone number. I said, it is. call it. it it's is. my phone number. But what's crazy about it is they do no local news. They do and, – and during the week, Monday through Friday – I, I shouldn't say they, they do they do local news, but on the weekends there's no local news, there's no live news. What I was what I meant to say is, except for the one hour between noon and one, they have no local programming. It's yeah. all satellite. It's all either NPR or PRX or, or or you know whatever the deal is. And I'm going like, okay, you know what? If you've got a staff, I mean this was this is back in the good old days. Even to the point where, and I was sort of sad to see uh, Kevin Clean leave Camoax and actually go to St. Charles County as as, yeah. as the official spokesperson, but Kevin was out there on the streets. Kevin was out there. Matter of fact, <laughs> here's a funny story. And for those of you who've driven downtown, I've seen this personally. There's a guy, and no matter what time of the year it was, there was a guy on Market Street, typically, who was panhandling with no shirt. And he would come out to your car and he would, you know, hey, can you have some money? Blah, 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 blah. So it got to the point where everybody referred to him as the shirtless dude on Market Street or whatever street he was on because he was down there all the time. So Kevin, they said to Kevin, Kevin, why don't you go interview him? So Kevin walks over. And matter of fact, their studios were only a couple blocks away from there. Walks over there and interviews the guy. And the guy was, you know, pretty interesting. And Kevin has his way of interviewing people. And he asks the questions, you know. And you got to know Kevin. Kevin's sort of, his 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 presentation is, 
you you know who I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Would would it would it would I describe him best if I said he's somewhat deadpan? He's absolutely yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you wouldn't if you read the verbatim transcript of his uh, stand-ups, right? You would you would think that they were straight, but he's actually being sarcastic, right? And he, and he's he's an interesting guy. He worked for me a long time ago, and once again, I have tremendous respect for him. So he's talking to the guy, blah 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 blah, and then he says to the guy, "Okay, so you get this money, what do you do with it?" And he says, "I go over to the statue and buy drugs." Now, what he's talking about is, <laughs> do you know, do you know which statue we, we're talking about? Which one? No, I don't know. This is the firefighters memorial statue that's down there. Oh, uh, I know exactly where you're talking about. Right, yep. right. It's between what that market and what is it, pine or something like that. It's that patch of land, right? right it's that it's that park that goes essentially from um, from market west all the way out to uh union station all the way out, which is all now way out. a homeless encampment right? right which is now the homeless encampment right. because they moved them away from city hall because kamala harris was in town so they moved to the old civil courts building which is just west of the of the city hall and i'm going like okay whatever you know boy i i you know i don't know i mean and, and you don't you don't ever listen at all do you i don't now the other thing, though, in, in defense of St. Louis Public Radio, and this, is, this will be the second day in a row that I voice a defense of public radio, uh, clearly I'm sick, uh, is that they do a lot of local reporting that ends up on a website. Well, but- However, if you don't make it a point to visit St. Louis Public Radio's website or you don't go there to their social media, you would have no idea that they're actually reporting on local education issues, local government issues, or statewide government issues. If you just listen to the radio, you would think they were what Brad Hildebrand has coined McRadio. Well, and, and you know what? Thank you. You're exactly right. Their website is excellent, but it's public radio. That's what they call themselves. It's, yeah. You know, and once again, when you're the public radio station, the priority, this is me, the priority should be your on-air product, and secondarily, it should be your web content. Now, let's take that a different way. It, let's say all of a sudden the Post-Dispatch bought themselves a radio station. Mm-hmm. Their primary con- contact to me would be what's in the paper, and they still print the actual printed paper, and they actually you know, still have it online. That would be your primary contact, uh, content. Your secondary content would be what you put on the radio. I mean... And you know, and it's the same thing with Channel Five. Their primary contact in content is that TV station. You know, the the thing that yep. you look at on TV that you you know you if those of you who remember, you, it's got a knob on it and a button. You know, in the old days, and you spin one knob and the channels would change yep. and stuff like that. But they do a nice job with the website. And what they do is, especially with most of the TV stations now, they're taking their their um, video content and they're writing a story on the website but it features the video content yep they do a great job right that. you're and, right and once again you got sort of like the best of both worlds as opposed to now the post dispatch has been trying to do this for a long time where they send out some of their photographers with video gear as well too yep. and and they're doing and once again i say more power to them just because you're a newspaper doesn't mean everything has to be in print but you you said it exactly right i don't quite get it and it's well the- and you know here's the thing though if i'm at st louis public radio and i'm a reporter i don't get to make the decision of the fact that that 23 to 24 hours a day we have mic radio 
you know, so all I can do if I'm a reporter is put together the best content I can for social and for the website. So we can't we can't really I don't know to what extent, uh, you know, clearly reporters at St. Louis Public Radio don't have a say in that. But how much do local how much does the local station management really does, does or does national NPR say here are the 18 hours a day that you will broadcast? Well, it's it's a it's a it's a hodgepodge of stuff because it's not all NPR. Some of the programs are from some of these other organizations. Like there's a big organization. Minnesota has a huge statewide national public or, or, or uh, public radio uh, uh, operation, and and they have their and uh, Minnesota NPR, Minnesota Public Radio, and then there's another one called used to be called I can't remember what it's called PRX. Um, and there there are several other organizations that essentially are not-for-profit, you know, quote-unquote, we use Mm -hmm. air quotes on that, that supply programming to NPR and to the the various program, uh, the the various public radio stations. And what the program director's job at those stations is to decide what they take. You know, like, for example, they they used to have the lady who, and you know what, I can never remember her name, and I'm not making fun of her, but she was on NPR. She was on KWMU for a long time. She sounded like she was 150 years old. Diane Reem. Exactly. And the the deal this was This is the I have I do a, I do a great Diane Reem. This is the Diane Reem show. Right. Now at some point I was making fun of her years ago and then someone suggested that she had a voice box or she had her larynx removed. I don't know what happened. No, I believe she had a stroke. And oh, I, and I okay. I believe uh, that was the issue. Because, aren't I the jerk? Because but she wasn't that old. But yeah, but a lot of people go like, who is this yeah, weird voice? Painful. That came out of WAMU, um, out of uh, Washington D.C., which is the American University Public Radio Station. Then you have WNYC, which is another big, you know. And once again, yeah. Then you have WGBH in Boston, which are all the big. And see, the crazy thing about it is these particular operations provide content that they resell to other public radio stations around the country i don't think i don't think our own homegrown station does that i don't think they're providing any content that goes anywhere well now what i do think is the great jason rosenbaum a number of his pieces are picked up by national npr and they should be i mean he's the best reporter in missouri but but that's on a lot of times if he'll if if he's covering a national issue like the missouri u.s senate race or an abortion issue, it'll be syndicated nationwide. But that's on the news side. I mean, what I'm saying is, is, is like, for example, WNYC. There are programs that yeah, produce. Yeah, I get it. That, yeah, I get what you're saying. But I, but I think, I think on the national audio, I think Jason will do <laughs> audio pieces that are picked up and broadcast nationwide. Well, but, but that's that's the whole idea when you're on Associated Press, UPI, AP, whatever. Is as an affiliate, you are, and trust me. How do I know this? Because I used to get paid for occasionally I'd do news, which would end up on AP. And, yeah, you. I mean, you did it. I right. mean, you were an early guy in it, right? Right, and I would, I would do various things. I mean, probably, here's a bizarre story. Probably the one story that I did, which turned into, quote-unquote, an international news story. <laughs> You're going to laugh when I tell you this crazy story. There was a group of retired people. This is probably, I don't know, 30 years ago. And a press release came out from, of all people, White Castle. White Castle issued a press release. And at the time, the news director at the old KSOQ, and I was not in the news department. I was one of the jocks. As a joke, he gives me this press release. Hey, check this out. I bet you you could go cover this. And what it was was there was a huge retirement community in Arizona that was having a a day when they were going to pay tribute to all the people there from the East Coast of the Midwest. And what do you have on the East Coast of the Midwest that you don't have in Phoenix, Arizona, or whatever this place was? You don't have White Castle. 
because for a uh-huh. long time the furthest west White Castle was the one right there in Cave Springs. Then they then they expanded into Kansas City. I don't know if you know there's not, and they failed in Kansas City. They pulled out of Kansas City. There are no more White Castles in Kansas City. So the furthest west White Castle in the country is in Columbia. And how do I know that? Because at the time, my daughter and my one son were going to school at Mizzou, and it was right down the street from my daughter's apartment complex. And it was so popular, they actually had to hire off-duty University of Missouri, Columbia, uh, and and Columbia City cops to direct traffic in and out of the White Castle. It just got to be crazy. Okay, so the deal was they're doing this thing where they are preparing frozen White Castles – that they're going to send a truckload of these down to this festival in Arizona for all these retired people from Arizona. So I can't remember who it was. The news director says, hey, Brad, cover this. Okay, fine. I jump in my car with my recorder, my microphone. I go down to the White Castle commissary, and they're loading this 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 frozen, this refrigerated tractor trailer with all these White Castles. And the story behind it is it was like 120,000 White Castles. And the story was they'd been working on this for like a month. Every, wow. one of, every one of the White Castles in the St. Louis area, on the night shift where it was sort of slow, they were making White Castles, cooking them up, and then putting them in their freezer. And then wow. over like two or three days, they sent trucks around to all the area White Castles. They brought them all down to the commissary, stuck them in their big freezer down there, and they were loading this refrigerated truck to go to Arizona. And I did this little you know thing. Hey, I interviewed a person, blah, 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 blah. I probably had 30 people say to me that they heard that. And the funniest story was... Three friends of mine who were in the military at the time heard it on Armed Forces Radio Network. Like one guy, talk about a a wide reach there. Right, one guy was in Germany. One guy was, I think, in Japan, and 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 it was it got to be sort of a big story. It was and it was a it was a puff piece, obviously. You know, they the company ordered this festival ordered a hundred thousand White Castles and they froze them stuff like that. But now that was actually so that sounds a lot like the plot to Smokey and the Bandit, Brad. (laughs) The only problem was there was no sheriff chasing him. But yes, that would have made it much more. You know, you, know, you could have done a follow-up story. And you know what's so funny about that is that, that once again, you had these beers. Isn't the beer that they were moving, wasn't it Coors beer? Wasn't it, wasn't it was it? Coors beer, yeah. Because I remember back in the day, this shows you how old I was, I remember friends of mine that went to Mizzou, that that was one of the running gags that as a pledge, if you were in fraternity, you had to drive to Denver to get Coors. You know, oh, they, nice. They made you drive to Denver or someplace out west, you know, because you yeah, couldn't, you couldn't yeah. buy it. And, hey, and most recently, uh, Yingling is now available here, and, right. and people lost their minds. I don't know. I, to me, when I hear that, I always think it's a Chinese beer. I don't know why. It does sound like it. You're okay, right. we're running behind already. My fault we have to take a break it's seven you're listening to brad and john this is the bjshow.co show whatever the heck it is and this is egbert radio it's a talk station yes that's what we do 726